0: Bill Turkovich is with us. Amen. He is a a good friend of Church Triumphant. Uh, He's served in many capacities in his time of ministry and uh, right now is currently serving in the Dominican Republic. Uh, We got to take a team over and work with him last summer. And uh, he's here just, he's he's like a, he's just here for one day, man. He is in and he is out uh, today. And uh, just wants to share some, some scripture and some life and some some uh, things from God that God's deposited in with us today. And uh, uh, he's, he, he's, he's... How long have you been coming around here, Bill, now? Probably, probably approaching 20 years, probably. So, like, 18 years-ish. So, he's been a great friend of us. His wife, Trish, uh, they're amazing people. And uh, without any further ado... I'd like to welcome Bill Turkovich here with us this morning.
1: Well. well, it's good to see everybody this morning. How's everybody doing? That's good to hear. Why don't we stand to our feet just for a minute? I don't mean to be a yo yo, but I just want to have a word of prayer as we get into God's word this morning. I want to. Thank Church Triumphant for helping to further the cause of Christ in the Dominican Republic. Um, We're so thankful and appreciative. Uh, I met Pastor Eric and uh, Jeanette in 1993 when we were leaving a church and moving our young family to Freetown, Sierra Leone, West Africa. And uh, a friend of mine said, You need to go meet this guy. And so, we met and uh, had lunch at the Holiday Inn, I think it was, here in Chillicothe. Uh, my wife, Trish, and Jeanette, and Eric, and I, and uh, I hadn't gotten um, three or four minutes into our conversation where he said, well, we're going to support you every month. And uh, that was 18 years ago or so, I guess. and. Sure enough, the church hasn't missed a, hadn't missed a month, and when you consider, you know, that over a million people have given their life to the Lord, and uh, Bible schools that have graduated 25,000, 30,000 students, and um, you guys have been sowing good seeds in the good, fertile soil, and we really couldn't do what um, we're doing without the partnership that uh, we have, and uh, the friendship and the support that we feel here. And so thank you, God bless you, and uh, we really, really appreciate it. This is an amazing body of believers. So, all right, Father, we thank you for your word today. We come before it in Jesus' name. We ask you to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. And Father, I pray that you would help me to share something today that would just resonate, register within our hearts that we could lay hold of and apply to our life and um, be the better for it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want you to get a pen. You may be seated. Once you to get a pen, pencil, and piece of paper out. I want to write down a few things to you. This, uh, I want you to write down a few things this morning that I want to give to you. I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes, just give you a couple simple points on how to glorify God. One way of glorifying God. And when we think about glorifying God, and how many of you really want to glorify God? I mean, not just a nice phrase. I mean, you really do. Um, We can come up with a lot of different thoughts. You know, through praise and worship, we can glorify God, and that's very much a part of it. But I want to take a a little different track and not try and hyper-spiritualize this thing too much. But talk about enjoying one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us, and that is the gift of life. Just think about it with me for a minute. If you look at God as the creator, he created the universe, created earth, created man and placed him in the earth, and the creator said... Let us make a creation in our own image, in our own likeness. So we then were created in the likeness of God. Think with me for a minute just about the whole process, and I don't want to botch up biology here, but with the genetic engineering within our own bodies, how, um, if I can remember this right, the... uh, the, the, RNA, the DNA within our bodies that's genetically programmed somehow transcribes that coding to I think what's called an RNA that RNA is like a messenger that actually determines what kind of protein is produced and that protein then determines Color of our hair, our genetic makeup, I mean, our um, physical makeup, uh, the color of our eyes. It's a, I'm trying to say this, it's a complex process that's going on 24 7 in our bodies. God created man and designed him with amazing complexity. Just think about, you know, they tell us that. Uh, we, we really don 't see with our eyes that our eyes are just the gate the the door, the open door that allows our mind to see that our mind is what really um, gives significance, interprets what 's coming in through our eyes, and when we think about the complexity of man, one of the things that I think that we could do to give glory to God is appreciate what God has done in giving us the gift of life. Eric and I were talking, I mean, uh, and I'm amazed at the similarities between Aaron and Eric, hair and everything getting pretty gray there. And, uh, (laughs) a little bit earlier about how circumstances have a way of molding and shaping us. Uh, I I remember years ago I was in this particular country and I'd been asked to speak to this military dictator and they just overthrew the country and um, I had an open door to go into the president's office where he was sitting behind this large desk this semicircular desk and there was a man of uh, a, a, a row of men behind him with AK forty sevens and the dark beret, uh sunglasses and the green berets and bulletproof vest and there are bullet holes on the walls and blood stains on the carpeting and he sat behind this desk and he had these dark sunglasses on and a beret, and bulletproof vest and to make a long story short. He really liked some of the things that I had to say. And so we joined hands across that big desk and tears were hitting the desk from his eyes and he asked Jesus to come into his life and be the Lord of his life. And he asked me if I would come back the next day and speak to all of his, he called them his generals and their honorables is actually the term. They were his field commander, commanders, but it's really a contradiction of terms because there wasn't anything honorable about them at all. They're actually cutthroat murderers that were just going through the country and killing and raping and cutting off the hands of people. And, and uh, at any rate, and then he would close down all the civilian sector of the government, have this meeting on the state lawn, and would give me the opportunity to speak to them all. So um, I agreed, and the next day, um, he's sitting at the head table with these microphones uh, taped together. And then to his right is uh, a g- setting a guy by the name of Saj Musa. Um, he he was really a, a bad guy. He was tried for uh, crimes of treason and crimes against humanity and actually they hung him. And uh, then I'm sitting on the guy's left. and. Um, kinda strange company you keep sometimes. And but at any rate he talked for a while and then gave me the opportunity to speak to everybody so we're all outside we're kind of like on the back porch of the State House and the lawns out here and then all these people are sitting in the lawn. And I really didn't know, you know, what, what do you say to these people that are going through the country and killing and raping and burning down villages and I remember going into one village. There was over 500 people that they'd cut the hands, cut their hands off. And um, I remember we... The, well, at any rate. And um, gangrene had already set in, and there was no medical aid or attention, and the stench was so bad, but they were actually dying just a slow death. Uh, these were the guys, and their men... Uh, who had caused all of that, who had inflicted all that pain. I mean, what do you say to them? And at any rate, I shared this real kind of simple message about um, the makings of a great leader. And I used Jesus Christ as an example of a great leader. And a great leader is one that's willing to lay down his life for the cause. But his cause was worth laying his life down for. It wasn't a selfish cause. It wasn't something that he directly, personally, was trying to get out of it. He was laying his life down for a cause that was greater than himself so that a harvest could be reaped so that benefit could be brought into the lives of, the, uh, of, of human beings everywhere. And then all of a sudden I hear this coming out of my mouth, but what you've done, you've done for all the wrong reasons. You didn't consider your children, or your children's children, or the future of this nation. Uh, you've done <laughs> out of greed, a lust for power for all of the wrong motives for all of the wrong reasons and furthermore this country is awash with the blood of thousands of innocent people and their blood is on your hands well that didn't really go over all that well (laughs) and um so to make a long story short, I actually was, you know, had to be kind of like smuggled out of the country and hid in the bush for a while and then finally got on a, um, this little hovercraft that took me over to another country called Guinea and uh, caught a flight out, out of Guinea. But while I was up in the bush, I, I was just um, thinking these thoughts were going through my mind what if this was my last day? What if I wouldn't see tomorrow and the first thing I started thinking about is, what about my my family? What about my wife and my kids? I mean all those things started going through my mind that wouldn't be fair and and all of these other things and and, and i i I had to ask myself this question Would you be willing to lay down your life for the cause of Christ? And I, I couldn't answer it, um, you know, just right off the bat. I really started thinking about it, because it's easy to say yes. And it's another thing entirely when the opportunity's presented itself to you to say, I think I'll pass that by. And I'm not talking about, you know, having some kind of a martyrdom syndrome. I'm just saying that when those kind of circumstances, that kind of pressure is put on you, it it causes you to think, um, to think about life. How frail it is how it goes by so fast how could be here today and gone tomorrow and and I see a lot of young people I mean we we think young people think and of course most of us do I guess and until we started getting a little bit older at least that I mean that life's just going to go on forever we've got so much in front of us that it's just gonna go on forever And it goes by, those of you that are a little older than others, I think can really um, agree with this, that it goes by so fast, that it's just here today and gone tomorrow, but yet it's apart from Jesus and salvation, it's the greatest gift that you've ever been given. The gift of life. All the intricacies that God designed into the creation of man to give him the opportunity to live. A life is a gift. I think one of the greatest things that we could do to honor God is to live it to the fullest. Sometimes we Christians can just get so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And we're always kind of like with this, you know, this frame of mind, you know, about the, the, the pie in the sky and the sweet by and by that it's going to be great when we get to heaven. But like somebody else says, I'm more of kind of the guy I'd rather have, thank God for that, but I'd rather have steak on the plate while we wait. that sometimes we don't do justice to the gift that, that that God's given us in the gift of life that today here we are alive breathing moving it's our journey it's our opportunity to walk through this journey, and if we really realize what God has done in creating us in his likeness, I mean, in spite of all of the ups and the downs and the tests and the trials, we wouldn't trade it for anything else. I mean, how many of you would like to just go ahead and trade the alternative to life uh, anytime soon? You know what the alternative life is? That would be death. Anybody? Well, if that's the case, and obviously it is, why don't we wake up every day, instead of being burdened down by the cares of this life, you know, it used to always amaze me to think about how we as the body of Christ have been given the assignment of telling the world about uh, what Jesus has done through his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension, the good news, and that Jesus will save and transform us, and then we go around looking like, you know, an old prune. You know, just all burdened down, heavy laden, and trying to, like, we've been sucking on a lemon, trying to tell somebody else that they ought to get what we have. And they're looking at us like, dude, i got enough trouble on my own, man. I don't need any more of that stuff. One of the things that I think we do is that we really sell ourselves short. Now think about the creator creating Someone in his likeness in, or a creation in his likeness and image. Separate with me for a minute the, the concept of a father God from creator. We'll tie the two of them together, but if we look at God just for a moment as the creator, uh, we're the creation. The creator placed us here in this earth with the ability to navigate through life, to reason, to deal with all of life's challenges, without all of those challenges weighing us down and short-circuiting, short-circuiting the opportunity for us to enjoy this life. Here's a concept for us. God designed us, placed us here in this earth, not only with a mission and a purpose, but I think underlying all of that is, is placed us here in this earth, gave us the gift of life for us to enjoy it. I mean not just when we get to heaven. If we think about eternity you know that just goes on forever. This is our short little opportunity that we have right now. I think when we purpose in our heart, our minds, every day we're going to enjoy life, we honor the Creator. When we're all burdened down, when we've got all the cares of this life just short-circuiting our, our, our faith, our belief, in essence, what we're doing is that we are doubting or we are acknowledging that the Creator uh, somehow created us, or was, excuse me, that the Creator somehow messed up when He created us. I think it's indirectly we slap God in the face. By selling ourselves short and saying, you know, I just, man, I'm just, I'm just so burdened down. I've got, I've got all of these cares. You just don't know what's going on in my life. I mean, I understand that life's not easy. That we all go through the ups and the downs and the tests and the trials. And there's times for crying and there's times for just, you know, just, you've just got to, hunker down and ride out the storm for a while. But I'm just talking about just a just an underlying current that permeates our being to where we value each and every day in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what's going on. I like to look at it like this. In, in spite of what's going on, Because I'm alive today, God's designed me in a way with the potential and the ability to deal with whatever I'm facing. And to think about it any other way is to sell myself short and insult the Creator. I think a lot of times we try and hyper-spiritualize Things so much that we're going to God 24-7, just asking God about all these little things, praying about all these little things in our life. And I think sometimes God steps back and just says, when are they going to wake up and realize I created them with the potential to deal with it all? You are, we are, you know, as the Bible terms it, fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't sell yourself short. Don't look at your obstacles and see them bigger than the way you see yourself. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the greater one lives on the inside of us, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. If there's anybody in this life that ought to have a zest for life an enthusiasm, a zeal for living to seize every moment and display that to a world, it ought to be the Christian's. Because not only do we have, you know, hope here now, but we've got hope for the eternal dynamics of our future. We can't lose. You know, in dying we win. Uh, One of the things that I think that God really wants to do see us exercise is courage, that we don't back down from challenges. We don't back down. You know, just because we fail doesn't make us a failure. You know, someone said it like this, that the measure of a man's spirituality or his character, not whether or not he gets knocked down, but how quickly he gets back up. So we're all going to get knocked down. We're all going to fail at some point or another, but we don't have to stay there. And we don't have to let that failure mark our future. Tell us that we're something that we're not. I'm convinced that that we are able. That when Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, that there is there's um, inherent within our design by God the ability to conquer. The ability to succeed in whatever um, you know, framework that constitutes. And that when we look at our day, I think we ought to think if we're going to glorify God that whatever happens today, I'm able. We always put it over on God and say, well, you know, God, I'm trusting you for, to come through on all of these things. And I'm not saying there's anything, um, you know, of itself is wrong with that. But I think sometimes in doing that, we negate the reality of what God has done for us in creation. Think about uh, David when um, you know he had went out, took his men out, and they were battling uh, the Philistines or some other army. And while he was gone, that army backtracked part of that army and ambushed the city of Ziglag and took all the women captive and the children and destroyed the city. And, and, and David went to God and all his own men were, you know, talking about killing him. And he went to God and, and I love this line. He says to God, shall I pursue? In other words, you want me to go after him? He was asking for God's wisdom, But it, it's like he didn't doubt his ability to go and conquer. Just God, do you want me to? You want me? Do you want me to go? If you want me to go, I will go. Uh, when you really think about it, two-thirds. Of God is go. Too many people are sitting down on the inside. Remember the story about the little boy in school? And the teacher told him to sit down. And he said, I don't want to sit down. And the teacher said, yeah, but sit down anyway. But I don't want to sit down. Well, Johnny, sit down. <laughs> of course, you know when I went to school. Some of us went to school. It's a whole lot different than it was. Uh, it is now. I can remember, you know, the, the, the paddle, the big long paddle with, with holes in it, that, um, and you got it out, out in the hallway, and it reverberated all through the school. Uh, Johnny, set down. I'm going to put you down. So Johnny sets down and he looks at the teacher and says, well, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> it's just a part of the fight, I think, is to stay standing up on the inside. That, in spite of life's circumstances, trying to put us down, we're going to stay standing up on the inside. Uh, I forget the writer's name, but um, I can remember he wrote this book, and part of it was, or the gist of it was, you know, what would I do if this was the last day of my life? How would I live today if it was the last day of my life? I think it'd be a good idea, which i have done, write it on the mirror where you go and shave or brush your teeth. What would I do? How would I live if this were the last day of my life? I mean, would you want to drink in every moment? Would you want to cherish this rare gift of life that God has given to us? You're alive. Here you are. It's a gift. Treasure it. Value it. Make the most of it because we only go around once. We don't get another opportunity. Psychologists, you know, have done studies. I guess they're the ones that did the studies. I remember just reading the results. And they've determined that the average person has about 160-some negative thoughts. Or was it 1,600? I forget Well, one of the two. Even 160 is amazing. Negative thoughts about themselves every day. And I'm pretty sure it was 1,600. Negative thoughts about themselves every day. That they view things in life from this inferior position of their own inadequacies. I think that selling ourselves short is an indictment against the flawed work of a creator. Uh, there's uh, writings of uh, Saint Augustine, and you know he talks about how man will travel thousands of miles to gaze at the beauty of a snow-capped mountain and just stand in awe of the creativity of God. Or man will travel hundreds or thousands of miles to gaze at the beauty of the sun setting over the ocean or rising up um, from the ocean and just stand in awe of the creativity or majesty of God and then will pass themselves over without a second thought. But we are God's crowning glory. We are God's most amazing creation. His greatest creation of all is sitting right next to you. Really, it's you. One of the the things I think that we could demonstrate the most as a Christian is that in the new birth we've woke up to the reality that really the greater one is in us. That God has enabled us to navigate through this life and there's nothing that's going to come up that I don't have the ability to deal with. And I need to seek God's wisdom, His direction, you know, His favor. But God has designed us to navigate in life. If we operate from that perspective, then, I mean, in spite of the circumstances, Why not just go ahead and enjoy the journey? Why not just make the most of the journey? Why not just live each and every day to the fullest? Because we're not going to get another one. I mean, it's just like one of those things you can't get back is time. The clock just keeps moving forward. So... If we can't get it back, and it's limited to what we have here on this earth, let's just go ahead and live each and every day to the fullest. How many of you think with me this morning that living our life to the fullest would glorify God? I mean, would that honor God? I mean, if we think about God as the creator and not just our father, because when we have that father figure in mind, I mean, we're like a child that's wanting to run to him and, you know, really cry out for everything, and we negate sometimes God as the creator and what he's done in creating us. And you think about this for just a moment. I mean, when, when you're... Um, When your child's just two or three years old, you expect them to come crying to you, kind of like about everything. But at some point, you expect them to grow up and stand on their own feet a little bit and realize that they have the gift of life that you gave to them. Rise up and live it to the fullest. It's theirs. Well, stand to your feet with me, would you? I just think this morning that, well, I I just want to ask you to shut your eyes and think with me for just a moment about the whole physical genetic engineering of your own, this body that you have the privilege of living in. The complexities of it, and think about that just for a moment the way it functions you don 't have to wake up in the morning and tell your heart to beat and pump blood and oxygen through all into, uh, to your cells, and that God did all of that created this body and us in it for this opportunity here on this earth. And that to sell ourselves short would be an indictment against the Creator. Well, Father... I just ask today that we would have our eyes opened again or new uh, for the first time to the reality of the fact that you created us, placed us in this life, and one of the greatest things that we could, the greatest gift that we could give to you would be to enjoy this life, to smile more, to laugh more, to to not take ourselves too seriously and make the most of each and every day, to live each day to the fullest. And Father, we thank you for it. I mean, help us, Lord, when we leave this service today, even that, you know, instead of complaining about ice or sleet or to, to see the beauty of this this little white dusting all over the landscape. To to thank you for it. To thank you for the breath in our bodies and the sight in our eyes. And this opportunity that we have today to, to smile at someone to shake hands with someone, to greet someone, to give somebody a hug. We're alive. Help us to enjoy this journey, Father. To navigate through this life with the potential that you've given to us so that we really do bring glory and honor and praise to you with this gift of creation. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't you turn around and give somebody a big hug? Tell them that you love them. God loves them.